everyone, and welcome to Sugar Pills, your practical guide to self-care. I'm your host, Candy Washington, and I can't wait to help you lead a more joyful life. So let's get started on this week's episode. and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. And before we dive into today's episode, which I am sure will be a very inspiring conversation with Rory Smith, don't forget to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Head over to Instagram and tag me at Candy Washington with you listening to the podcast and any of your aha moments, and I will be sure to re-tag you. Don't forget to look in the show notes where you can find some free self-care resources and goodies, and don't forget to shop our Basic Girl's Guide to Self-Care, where you can pick out some of my favorite things. And with that, let's dive into today's episode. So I am honored to be with Rory Smith, who is an Irish TV broadcaster and interviewer who's currently living in London, England. In April 2020, he launched Your Story. It's a YouTube series where he talks to people about their journeys to overcoming adversity as a way to give hope and guidance to others during the pandemic. Your story has over 1.1 million impressions with the highest rated video receiving over 100,000 views. That is a big deal, folks. <laughs> and previously, he was the, the producer for the BAFTA award-winning daytime talk show This Morning on ITV in the UK. So welcome, Rory, and thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much, Candy. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. And do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, just a little bit about your background, how you got started in media and everything that you're doing? And then we'll jump into a little bit more about your story. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm originally from Northern Ireland, so I've got a very uh, countryside farming background. I grew up in this gorgeous little village at the foot of the mountains in Northern Ireland, uh, and I lived there until 2011 when I made the decision to move to England, and this was to study journalism in college, which I did for three years, got my degree, um, moved back home to Ireland for a little bit after that, and then I moved back to London in 2015. And I've, you know, I've always had a passion for broadcasting. I just absolutely love broadcast television. I love broadcast radio. I love interviews and listening to people. Um, so for me, I've always wanted to be an interviewer, a broadcaster. So I moved back to London in 2015 to pursue this dream. And I started on work experience with ITV, which is the second most major uh, broadcaster in the UK. And I started work experience unpaid for two weeks. And from there, it led me into being a runner for the show. So making the teas and the coffees, you know, doing the errands. Um, and I did that for about a year and worked myself up the ladder to become researcher. And I worked on various different roles. You know, I worked in production and I worked in the travel desk and I worked in fashion offices and everything within television just to learn the business from every angle. Uh, and I became a producer then eventually. Um, but I've always known that I wanted to be on screen. I wanted to be the one asking the questions. So I packed that up in 2018 and made the very difficult decision to leave. Um, and then ever since 2018, I've just, you know, solely focused on becoming a broadcaster, which is what I'm doing now. I love that. I love that you always knew what the end 
goal was and you really had a vision for yourself and then and then you took um intentional steps to get there so i really love that about your story i think it's always important to to know what your calling is and to know where you're headed and then that way you can make a roadmap to get there so i really love that about your story um yeah absolutely and and also like i'm the same i love I love the power of storytelling. You know, that's why I do everything that I do. I just love just how you can create such connection and community and shared experience just through your storytelling. And it's such a powerful thing, which is, mm-hmm. you know, obviously like what you've been doing. So mm-hmm. with that, what was really your inspiration behind creating your story? So your story um, began in April 2020. And the reason why was it was just the start of the pandemic. We were only in a few months by that stage in England. And I remember I was sitting in my flat in London and I was thinking about ways that I could contribute. You know, I was watching so many news channels and You know, of course, we need to report the news, but for me, it just became a bit overwhelming with the number of deaths rising and all the negativity in the news. And I find that overwhelming. And I find for me personally, there was no escape from it. You know, when I turned on the television, it was there, or I listened to the radio and it was there, or I opened up social media, it was there. And I just felt I needed a little bit of an escape from that. So what I did was I thought about sort of the skills that I built up over the past couple of years in broadcasting and how I could contribute in some way. And I thought that one of the things that would help us to get through the pandemic was to have a shared vision of hope that at the end of this darkness that there will be light. And I thought of different ways that I could do that. And that's where the seed for your story was really planted. So I thought if I talk to people who've been through really, really difficult times in their lives, who've been through challenges and adversities, if I talk to these people about their experience and about their stories, you know, what can we learn from them to help us get through what we're going through now? And that was how your story was set up with, with a vision of allowing people to share their stories of overcoming adversity to give hope to other people. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, once you see someone else who can get through it, it gives you the knowledge and the inspiration that things can be different mm-hmm. for you as well. So how do you, it seems like hope was the common theme between the majority of the people who came on your story. You know, they mm-hmm. kind of had that perseverance and they were able to build a little bit of resiliency during hard times. So how do you define hope? What does hope mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Hope to me is something that you create in your mind about having faith that things will be better. Mm -hmm. It's about having a goal, setting that goal and taking action towards it. You know, it's all well and good if we are sitting at home and we have hope that one day it might be okay. But to really make that happen, you have to take action towards it. So for me, hope is the knowledge, the faith, the understanding that it will, and then taking 
steps and taken action towards making it happen. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I definitely agree that hope is knowing that things can get better and be different. And I think for me, when I kind of think about hope, I think it's, I think it's that knowingness that something greater is accessible to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if I feel depressed, I know that I can still access joy. You know, if I feel, you know, depleted in finances, I know that I can still access abundance. You know, if I mm-hmm. feel sad, I know that I can still access happiness, that that there is still accessibility for, mm-hmm. for something greater than where I currently am. So mm-hmm. I love that because like, that's really what hope is. It's like, okay, this is what my external circumstances may be, may be but mm-hmm. I know that I still have access to something greater than this. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what um, really is the inspiration. It's like the fire behind the action. You know, we mm. talk a lot about inspired action, which I, which I love what you're saying. You can have the the knowingness, but, but what does the knowingness do if you don't act upon it? Mm-hmm. So it's really having that inspired action where you know that I'm rooted in hope. I'm rooted in faith. Mm-hmm. I know that I have access to something greater. And from that place, I'm going to mm-hmm. take the next step to change what my circumstances are. Totally. So- totally. And and, and yeah. you're right with what you say about the next step as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, I feel that sometimes when you're in a dark place or you're in those moments of the challenge or the adversity, that the bigger picture may seem hugely overwhelming, but you've really hit the nail in the head because for me it's about what is the next step and just taking those small tiny little steps you know it might be once a day once a week once a month it depends on what you're going through but taking those tiny little steps and just what is the next right step I think that is what leads you towards the light absolutely um it's like I don't know the exact wordage and I don't know like the the number or anything like that but I know that there's like the bible passage that says you know as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I I shall feel no evil because thou art with me and I think that is really the essence of hope Mm -hmm. that's the essence of it because even though you're in the valley of the shadow of death it just means like you're just in a bad place you know things just aren't going well in your life or in 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 general um but you walk through it Mm. and that's the essence of hope you walk through it you know it's not I don't sit in the valley I don't wallow in the valley I don't pitch my house in the valley I'm not you know gonna stay in the valley it's like though I walk through the valley Mm. I think to me that's really like what the essence of hope is it's like okay I'm in a valley of my life I'm in a dark place there's a pandemic there's Mm -hmm. you know financial insecurity or whatever it may be that's going on in your particular life but you know that I'm going to walk through this Mm. because I because there's something greater on the other side I'm not going to stay here and totally that's really the difference between hope and despair despair Mm. is when you sit in your valley and you see no other way and you Mm -hmm. feel hopeless right that's what despair is you feel hopeless without hope Mm. and me that's really the difference you walk through your valley and what Mm. I love about what you're doing is sometimes you may not know how you're going to get through something but then Mm -hmm. if you can hear somebody else's story if you can see that oh they were in a similar valley or they were even in a worse valley than I am (laughs) they were able to get to the other side of it you know there's hope for me too totally and that's what I I, mm, don't go ahead no we're going ahead 
oh yeah I was just gonna say like that's what I love about it and that's what I love about you know storytelling as we touched upon earlier you know that's really the the purpose of it it's it's giving people hope and I also love how you said um like the theme of of self-love came up as well throughout the the stories that people were telling so I guess I have a two-part question I think my first one is um what's one story that that you were told or you got to talk to someone about that really stood out for you in a meaningful way and then after we discuss that we can talk about self-love yeah um I've talked to so many people and I think each story is so different because there's so many different lessons and every single person that I've talked to has taught me something as well and hopefully the audience can take that into their own lives you know we talk so much about hope and uh, you know we'll talk about the latest episode that I did was which was with a beautiful woman from California and she's called Letitia Mm -hmm. and in 2008 nine of her family members were killed at a Christmas Eve party where what she refers to as a monster came into their home and took the lives of nine of her family members. And it's only now that this beautiful woman is able to talk about this and to share this story. And what she shares is not just the story, but, you know, going back to what you're referring to is she's sharing the story of hope and the importance of that to get her out of the situation that she's in. And, you know, when I, when I talk to these people as well, you know, for example, Letitia, it would be very easy to focus on the crime or what happened that night and the details, but really that isn't important to me. You know, it's not a crime show. It's not a salacious show. It's not a show where you get headlines from. That's not what I do. What I do is when I sit and talk to that person, I've got an intention of teaching people and allowing the viewers to gain lessons from these people. But what is really, really important to me is that there's a mutual and a shared intention between me and the guest. So in Letitia's case, it was hope. And that's what we wanted to draw out of that story. And, you know, of course, we need to talk about that night. Um, But it's not my job to go into the details or to re-traumatize in any way or or go over things that, you know, are are simply unimportant when trying to get a shared intention of hope out. Um, So that's really important to me when talking to the guests. And what was the biggest lesson you learned from Letitia? The biggest lesson I learned from Letitia mm-hmm. was the importance of family. Mm-hmm. And even though a lot of members from her family were lost that night, you know, her mom, her dad, two brothers, two sisters, you know, her, her nephew, two sisters-in-laws. But she drew strength from her remaining family, so from her husband and for her children. And she goes through every day now looking at things that she has rather than things that she hasn't. Mm-hmm. And 
she draws strength from them. She draws joy from them. And what she really does is go back to the basics of life. And she talks about the importance of joy in going for a walk with her children or eating a meal or having a cup of coffee in the mornings with her children. And for me, it was the importance of surrounding yourself by family and people who you give so much to, but also you can receive so much from and finding joy in every single moment. There's, there's joy to be found everywhere, no matter where you are right now listening to this podcast, you can find some joy. It might be through listening or it might be through what you're seeing or what you're feeling, but there's joy to be had in every single moment. And it's just about finding that. And that's really what Letitia taught me. I, I love that. I mean, I, I personally couldn't, I got chills when you were talking about what happened to her. Cause I couldn't, mm-hmm. I could not imagine it. Like mm-hmm. literally could not imagine it. But what came up for me when you were talking about what you learned from her was she really has shifted into a place of living from gratitude mm-hmm. of really just being thankful for all of the moments that we sometimes get caught up in, you know, we're on autopilot, we're busy, we're doing this, we're doing that. And we forget that, like, you're right, like seeing your child smile in the morning, what Mm -hmm. a blessing that is, you know, or being able to talk to your family that's still here. And just having that support system and just taking those tiny moments to intentionally enjoy your day. So Mm -hmm. what I heard you saying was definitely having that your life now rooted in a perspective that's grounded in um, gratitude. Mm -hmm. And then also about um, taking those little moments to find joy and to really, you know, go for a walk in nature, you know, be present Mm -hmm. with your family, be present with yourself is really living more consciously, you know, Mm -hmm. having that intentionality and that consciousness of I'm doing this and I'm going to be present in this moment. And the intention behind me doing this is simply to enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a powerful place to come from because sometimes, unfortunately, it does take tragedy to remind us that this is our one precious life mm-hmm. and that it, it really is a gift and that our true job in this life is to learn how to love ourselves, love others, mm-hmm. and to enjoy it. So mm-hmm. I think those are some really powerful life lessons that Letitia is able to to share with us. And it's, you know, unfortunately, sometimes the most beautiful things are born out of pain. Mm-hmm. But if you can take those lessons and enjoy your life in a more purposeful way, then like, you know, you can have purpose in that pain. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, when you talk about being present as well, that's so mm-hmm. important because, you know, how many times have, have you know, have I eaten a meal and afterwards I say, I actually don't remember what it tasted like. Exactly. Or where did it go? Where did my food go? Oh, I ate it. <laughs> yeah. And you, you don't even realize that you have and, and you don't know what it tasted like or or you watch, you know, a TV show and by the end of it, you go, I actually wasn't concentrating on that whatsoever. I, you know, my mind was drifting or you're reading a book and three pages later, you realize that you've actually stopped registering what you're reading. And it's just about slowing down. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not to say that we have to slow down our schedules and stuff. You know, I, I get we all lead busy lives. 
Um, but I think if this pandemic as well has taught us anything, it's just about appreciating what is around us and taking time to just enjoy all of these things and to sit outside and just, you know, what I've done is I live in the countryside over here in England and during the pandemic, I find great joy just by sitting on a little bench out of my backyard with a cup of tea. And for the first time, I can actually hear the birds. I can hear all of the little chirps and where they're coming from. And that's something I've never noticed before the pandemic. Um, and it's just about slowing down and appreciating the beauty of all of these moments in life. Absolutely. And and. A, I, I want to come and visit because that sounds beautiful <laughs> and amazing. So yeah, once everything is done, I'm coming to sit on your bench. But You are welcome. <laughs> thank you. But also what came up for me was with also with the pandemic, a big thing for me personally is exactly what we're talking about was I had to slow down, mm. you know, really slow down and really pay attention to my life. You know, I really had to pay attention to the life that I was living. And it's like, you know, obviously like we're both ambitious people. We have a lot going on. And I think a lot of people can relate to this, but it's almost like if I'm not enjoying my life, if I am not present for it, then mm-hmm. what exactly am I working towards? Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, it's like putting it like I'll slow down when I'll take a vacation when I'll be happy when I'll be successful mm-hmm. when and it's mm-hmm. like you're putting all of the the juiciness and the and the and the beauty and just you know that wonderful feeling mm-hmm. of life you're putting it off instead Absolutely. of enjoying the moment you know and and, and it's just really about paying attention to your life and what is your life trying to tell you and what is your life trying to teach you Mm -hmm. yeah go ahead totally and you know it's really interesting what you're saying with you know being ambitious and wanting to go after things in your life and set goals in your career professionally personally whatever it may be Mm -hmm. and that's something that I've struggled with in the past because I've thought that perhaps you only have to go one way. So if you put everything into your professional life or put everything into your personal life. Mm -hmm. And what this pandemic has taught me is the balance between the two and the importance of that. And what I've realized during the pandemic is set the goals. That's absolutely fine. Set out what you want to achieve, you know, over the next week or month or a year, or five years, or 10 years, whatever it may be. And it's okay to set these goals and want to achieve them, but do not depend on reaching those goals for happiness. Exactly. Enjoy the journey towards them, tick them off, and continue enjoying the journey. So these goals won't bring you happiness. You have to find happiness through the journey of reaching them. Don't depend on them for happiness. That's what it's taught me. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I think particularly as like creative professionals, you know, whether you're hosting, whether you're a broadcaster, an actor, a podcaster, a writer, you know, whatever, an artist, whatever creative um, endeavor you have, for me, the biggest lesson was learning to detach my profession 
from my person. So like mm-hmm. not going into audition and if I don't book it thinking, oh, they rejected me. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy, blah, 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 blah. All that, you know, self-limiting belief chatter that we, that, mm-hmm. that we have going on in our head versus this isn't who I am. This is what I do. So it's exactly mm-hmm. like what you're saying. Like you set the goals, you, you can be ambitious, but you detach from it. You know, mm-hmm. your profession doesn't determine your worthiness as a person. It doesn't mm-hmm. determine your value as a human being, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't determine how successful or, or your happiness, you know, you can think about a lot of people who are quote unquote successful and they're actually miserable in their lives. Mm-hmm. And then other people who may not look successful on paper, but they are absolutely fulfilled and absolutely happy. And they're absolutely enjoying their life because mm-hmm. they've been able to redefine what success means to them. And they're able to detach this sort of external check marks with their inner peace. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really um, important, you know, even if you're not a creative professional, you know, you could work in corporate America and you think, well, I'll be successful when I'm a multimillionaire CEO and blah, 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 but inside you're dying or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to get some perspective and to get some detachment. So you're able to do all of these great things in your career, whatever your career may be, but your foundation still comes from within, you know, mm-hmm. your worthiness isn't determined by someone saying yes or no to you you know your happiness isn't determined by the title you have you know your value doesn't change based on a career move so Mm -hmm. I think it's really getting centered with yourself and having Mm -hmm. yourself be your own emotional I don't know guiding post I guess I would say Mm -hmm. and then from there create the life that you want to live but those mm-hmm. external things don't have the power to take away your inherent worthiness. So I think that's a really um, powerful mm-hmm. thing to do just to get that detachment from it because it's, and I mean, I live in LA, so it's, it's a daily journey <laughs> where, you know, where everyone is like trying yeah. to be an actor, trying to be a model, trying to be a, whatever it is. So it's yep. when the culture is like that, it takes a lot to personally change your, your thinking patterns. Of course. And, and, you know, exactly what you were saying with the attachment and the power that these things have. So by saying, you know, I am a actor or I am a broadcaster or I'm a presenter or whatever you might be that you're given the power over to these things rather than to yourself. And I think that the most important thing in all of that, no matter what your role is in life, no matter what labels you've given yourself, is strip all of them away. And instead of saying, you know, I am, in my case, I am a broadcaster, strip it away. I am enough. That's the most important thing. That's, that's, That's the catalyst for everything else that will come in your life. So if you can say, I am enough and detach yourself from all other roles, then you'll get what you want out of life. Yeah, you'll get what you want out of life. And and I also find you get, you open the space for something greater to even show up. Mm. I, I have found that in my own life. And I found that in general, where it's when you, when you let go, when you detach, that is when you create the space for miracles to happen. Because mm-hmm. if you are so, you know, singularly focused and you know it has to work out this way and I have to be this and I have to be that and it has to go like that, then you shut out endless possibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, think of Oprah. You know, if she had thought, 
I have to be a newscaster at the 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. news and this is how it has to go and this is how it has to be and she mm-hmm. shut out you know well maybe there's something else out for something else for me we wouldn't have Oprah you know know what I mean and she's like the number one broadcaster in the world you know you're absolutely right so if she thought I have to follow this pre-described plan that society tells me I have to follow or this is the way it's always been been done I have to spend x amount of years doing this I have to only do it this way then we wouldn't have Oprah Mm. she opened it up and she said well what feels right to me what you know what am I drawn to you know what naturally am I called to do mm-hmm. and then when she answered that call she literally opened herself up to endless possibilities mm-hmm. she's and been even- such an example for other people to do the same in their life I'm sorry go ahead T- totally I, I, I totally in agreement and even when she was in a position and she was a few years into her talk show you know towards the late 80s early 90s I think it's really important to open yourself up to allow these things to come in Mm -hmm. because when you allow everything and different possibilities and different opportunities to come into your life and you take them, you're also able to figure out what doesn't work for you, Mm -hmm. which is as important, if not more important than figuring out what is important. You know, with Oprah doing the talk show for the first few years you know it was kind of a salacious show it was batting one person over another and she realized this doesn't feel right to me my you know the universe is telling me this isn't right my gut's telling me this isn't right and she was able to change it into something that was right and which what became what we know today as the Oprah show Mm -hmm. Um, but it was only by doing those first few years of something just not feeling right that she was able to get the later opportunities yeah absolutely and I think it goes back to like a couple things that we had talked about like one definitely knowing that I am enough I absolutely love that you uh brought that up because if she didn't know that she was enough she may have not felt empowered to Mm -hmm. speak her mind and to take those risks and to change the trajectory of her show because mm-hmm. if, if you're operating from a place of, I am not enough, I have to do show and prove, then you're probably going to be more of a people pleaser. You're probably not going to really advocate for yourself. You're probably just going to go with the flow and not try and rock the boat. But like mm-hmm. you said, when you come from that place of, I am enough, you know, I can show up fully and I can say what I want to say and I can do what I want to do. And I can make the vision I have for my show work. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And then also, again, when you were talking about, um, the intentionality of your of your story and uh, the show that you're doing, how you have an intention with your guests, you have an intention for yourself of you know what you want to talk about and the message that you want to give out to the people who are watching it, and that was something that really resonated with me because just like what Oprah said, she said that she was not going to let television use her; she was mm. going to use television. And then mm. ever since she made that shift, she does that. She's like, well, what's the intention of the show? What's the intention of the guest? And until we're clear on what our intention is, then we're not going to move forward with it. So mm-hmm. she really was able to take, you know, television and use it as a tool for good and use it as a tool for helping other people rather than her being used or television using her as its own tool or mechanism. Mm. So I, I really love that. And I think, 
and to kind of bring it into like in like a 2021 thing I feel the same way about social media and and YouTube and uh, podcast and you know all the streaming stuff where I think sometimes not even as professionals but just as people we consume so much content and we give so much power to social media and you know all this stuff but I really look at social media as a tool like mm -hmm. this is what this is the tool that I use to share my passion. I was speaking at a panel a couple of years ago mm. on um, creating uh, like monetizing digital content or something like that. And mm -hmm. the, the moderator, I knew what she was asking. She was like, oh, you must be passionate about social media. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not mm. passionate about social media. I use social media to share my passion. Mm. And I think that's really what it is. So I really love that. That's what you're doing with your story. You know, you're, you're being intentional about it. You have amazing guests and obviously you're doing a great job. You have so many impressions and people are watching <laughs> it. So, so I love that to do. Um, yeah, absolutely. And while doing your story, what has been some of the most surprising things that you learned about yourself during the process? That's a great question too. Um, <laughs> um, I think that I discovered how much I love to listen. And I've been taught the power of listening. I think it's really important that when I hear these people's stories and they share some horrific things that they've been through and challenges and their feelings. And some of these people are pouring their deepest, darkest secrets out. It's not my job to help them. You know, I'm not a trained therapist. I'm not a trained psychiatrist or psychologist or trained in anything really apart from journalism. And all I can do is simply listen to these people and give them the space of opening up and sharing their story. So I think that that's something that we can all take into our own lives, really, is, you know, at the moment, there's such a big push on mental health and asking people, are you OK? How are you? And, and you know, wanting a truthful response. and. I think there's also a fear of what that response could be if it's too honest or tr too truthful, because what if this person starts telling me their inner demons or their inner thoughts or the darkness that they're going through? I can't help them. But I think what we can all do is do exactly what I'm doing on your story, which is just to give them the space to talk and to listen to them, not just hear what they're saying, but really listen and don't think about what you're going to say or about, you know, what the next question that you're going to ask them. Just give them the space to allow their thoughts to come out and to be able to listen to them. And, you know, we don't have to suggest or advise or give advice to a friend if they start opening up you know you might invite a friend over for a glass of wine on a friday night you know post pandemic and say come around to my house we'll have a little chat and they start opening up and you know in the past i've got freaked out because 
I've been saying, well, you know, I don't know what to do because I can't help you. And, you know, maybe you try to give suggestions or you try to give advice. But what I've learned is just by listening, you're already helping these people because their thoughts are coming out and you're giving them the space to get their thoughts out. And sometimes you see them sort of realizing what they're saying because you're giving them that space. So I think for me, going back to your question of one of the things that I've learned is, is really the power of listening to someone and really listening to what they're saying. No, absolutely. And I love that you're creating that safe space and, and listening is paramount. I think that's the first true step to healing is Mm -hmm. when you're able to let someone bear witness to your story. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really like the essence of what you're doing. You're creating a space to, to bear witness to their story. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes even just like exactly like you said, just talking about it and just have someone there to listen can mm-hmm. be tremendously healing. And it's usually like the one of the first steps to that true healing process, mm-hmm. you know, is getting it out there. And I love that you're doing that. You know, Thank you. For people. absolutely, absolutely. This has been such a wonderful conversation, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Camden. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. So for everyone um, listening, if you had to leave us with one idea or lesson or insight or whatever it may be that you want us to take away from our time together, what would that one thing be? I would say it's the power of reaching out because we've talked about hope and each one of my guests have had hope in their lives to be able to overcome the adversities and to get them to where they are today. But they also had to reach out for help. They also had to speak to someone and it might have been a friend, a family member, or a professional, but they spoke to someone about how they were feeling. That That is true for every single one of my guests. And only after speaking out, were they able to get the help that they needed to be able to enter into recovery, into healing, and then eventually share their story to help other people. But it started, the, the turning point for every single one of my guests was to reach out and talk to someone. And I think that is the most powerful lesson. Mm, I felt that. I felt that in my spirit. <laughs> yes, definitely reaching out and, and, and seeking support. I, definitely. I love that, yeah. And so for everyone listening, I will have everything linked in the show notes for where you can find Rory and connect with him and also where you can watch your story. But Rory, do you want to tell us where can we find you? How can we connect with you? And where can we watch your story? Absolutely. Uh, So my website is Rory, R-O-R-Y Smith.org. The YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash Rory E Smith. And my Instagram as well is at Rory E Smith. And I'd love to connect with every single one of you. Perfect. Sounds good. So thank you so much for joining me, Rory. And for everyone listening, be well until next time. Thanks so much.
Thank you so much for joining me, and please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. Head over to Instagram and join me at Candy Washington. I can't wait to hear from you.